Welcome back to Seeing Life from a Different Angle. I want to uh, thank all the loyal listeners who have uh, given me some response to some of the podcasts and have been listening. You know, they've been doing these podcasts now since October of last year. Um, and, you know, it's funny because I think in the beginning I thought, you know, I wanted to make sure I got a lot of listeners and, you know, to be able to have to say. And I think it was probably more based on a certain level of pride that still possessed me to be able to say, you know, look, I've got all these listeners now and they really like what it is I have to say. And, you know, time and prayer and experience has humbled me a great deal enough to be able to say, you know, I, I look at these podcasts now as an opportunity, an opportunity to kind of be able to put out there some thoughts, seeing life from a different angle that hopefully will give people pause to consider something differently than they've considered it before, to see it from a slightly different angle. You know, one of the things that uh, I put down recently on my Facebook page was a discussion about the purpose of life. And I thought, you know, it would be an interesting conversation piece and it would be lovely to have someone to converse with about it. But since that's not the case, I, you know, it looks like I'm going to be giving a monologue and a soliloquy on what I believe to be the purpose of life. And I think, you know, I've been listening to um, The Shortness of Life by Seneca. It was recommended to me my, by my older brother, Peter. And, you know, it's an interesting book for a myriad of different reasons, but I really do value the way that it begins because one of the things that it says in the beginning, in the very first chapter, is that, you know, we complain as human beings that life is short. And I think when we consider it, and Seneca talks about it, he said, you know, life is not too short. The problem is we do not live. We tend to exist. And that's something I have been talking about for a long time and considering the principle of approximations, the idea that we can either live, we can exist, or we can subsist. And I think for the most part, sadly, you know, we look at life and the people that are around us and whether it's our own life or others, we can oftentimes recognize that more often than not, we don't live, we exist, we subsist, you know, in those two less than welcoming places. You know, we find not connections, we find not love, we find not joy, you know, we find fantasy, we find despair and depression and anxiety and fear. And sadly, terror sometimes as well. And so, you know, when you think about what Seneca was saying is that, you know, where we live these lives and we have this choice, what do we do with the lives that we have? And it brings me to that point of what is the purpose? What is the purpose of our life? You know, I think... You know, I, I do not claim in any way to be an authority on this. I do not claim to be a philosopher, but I do think that there is something to be said for this idea. At least it's an idea that's tossed out there and you take it where it leads you. And hopefully it leads some deeper thought on your part. Um, and if we're very lucky, um, some deeper and deeper level of closeness with Christ, because I think that that's hugely the most important thing, honestly. You know, because I think it is in that relationship that we are able to live, truly live on this earth and after this earth. But without that relationship, we really cannot live. 
we may exist, as I say, we may subsist, but we'll never really live. And so what is the purpose of life? I think when we are born, you know, we have no contention and concept with how it is we're being raised. We have no contention with that, and we have no concept of what the purpose of this life is. We simply enjoy living. We have, as I have said before, this wide open reality with a relationship with God, a relationship with our parents, and it may last a moment, it may last weeks, months, if we're blessed, years. But one way or another, we have this space, but then we eventually move into this myopic reality, this place where we have to conform to the way the world is. And in that space, we come to learn what the purpose of life is. It's not that that is the purpose of life, but it is what we have come to learn. We have come to believe, because this is what we're taught, that this is going to be the purpose of your life. The purpose, more often than not, is to make sure that we get the things we're looking for from life, to make sure that nobody hurts us, to make sure that we don't, eh, more often than not, hurt anybody else, and to succeed. Now, these are fascinating things because every one of these things is wrapped around our own ego. It's not at all to do with anybody else except how what it is we need, what it is we believe we need, can be attained from those who are around us. But you think about those things, you know, I've got to succeed, I've got to attain a great deal of possessions, a great deal of wealth, you know, I've got to, you know, be in charge, I've got to be in the lead, I've got to be the best in my class, I've got to be the most important or the most interesting or the most funny, you know, I've got to draw attention to myself. But after everything is said and done, what is it that we really find there? Emptiness. The answer is easy. It's emptiness. And it's like existing in that space of subsistence. You know, there, everything is emptiness. There, everything is, a t is running towards trying to gain something over and over and over again and never really being satisfied. I've heard this many times. I remember the very first time I heard this was from my boss at Sportsfield, which was a sports store in Manassas, Virginia. And his name was Mike Gill. And Mike had said to me one day, there is no hell. Hell is here on earth. And at the time, of course, I had no comeback. I had no real thoughts about it. I didn't even know what to consider or how to consider hell. And I've heard it from other people as well, that there is, it is, this is hell here on earth. And I won't disagree to some degree, because I think what ends up happening is when we move from that wide open reality, when we are pulled from that wide open reality, and oftentimes, sadly, violently so, and I'll get to that point in a minute, but when we're pulled from that wide open reality, into this myopic reality that makes sense for our parents and makes sense for the world around us, there's a great sadness that occurs there because it forces us away from what it is that really matters in life. It forces us away from the connections and forces us into this never-ending battle for what mankind says is the purpose of life. But mankind is wrong. In truth, if we think about it, we can develop some amazing things. You know, we can, as Rush Limbaugh would say, you know, the beauty of a baseball bat that comes from a tree. 
You know, we can develop these amazing things in our lives. But the things we chase, the things we long for, whether it's wealth or whether it is possessions, whether it is sexual relationships, whatever the case might be, everything that man creates in that regard with the notion that he is attaining his purpose is unhealthy. It is. Every one of them is unhealthy. It's not a sing that a single one of them is quote-unquote wrong because, okay, having money is not a bad thing. Having a sexual relationship with someone that you are married to, that you love deeply, is not a wrong thing. You know, these things are wonderful and these things are beautiful. And yet at the same time, they have to be under a certain context. And that context is the purpose of our real purpose of our life. Because after everything is said and done, you know, we can attain many, many things. But the true purpose of our life, and I know this is going to sound shocking to some degree, but our purpose is one thing. It's simple, straightforward, and it is something that most human beings will struggle with if they struggle with it at all, if they seek to attain it at all. But it is one of the most difficult tasks we will ever have because the, this purpose of life means challenging not only our own status quo and how we have come to see the world, how our myopic reality has us looking at the world, but it challenges the myopic reality of everyone around us. I'll paint a picture this way. We begin life in this wide open reality, with this relationship with God, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit. We have this relationship and we are pulled away from that relationship, as I say. You know, we're taken by the world to a different place. But there is a purpose in us being in that space in the first place. And the purpose of life is to help others go back to that space, to help others have that relationship with God again, to have that relationship with all parts of God, Christ and the Holy Spirit. But the difficult piece is being able to confront ourselves first and being able to recognize, okay, if, if all this, all these things that I have attained are pointless, are unhealthy for me, you know, if they really don't mean anything in the long run, if Seneca is right that we don't really live, we just exist more often than not because of how we engage with life, if that's the case, what you're saying to me is I need to give up those things and go back to where it is I came from. And that's the key. It's to go back to where it is we came from. To be able to say, I need to go back to that relationship with God. I need to find that wide open reality again. I need to have those connections and to feel the power of Christ in my life so that I can then say, you know what? As hard as it may be sometimes to give up these pieces of life, as hard as it may be to say, this doesn't matter to me. It ultimately doesn't matter. These things I have, these this money that I have, these cars that I have, this furniture that I have, whatever it might be, the 1,500 books in my library, it doesn't matter if I don't have a relationship with Christ. If I don't have a relationship with God at all, what does any of this stuff matter? Because as the saying goes, you know, when you die, you can't take anything with you. But that's not really necessarily true. We can't take the things of this earth with us, but we can take 
two things. One is our relationship with God. And two is a sense of knowing that we have spent our life living up to our purpose. So here it is, straightforward, straight from the hip. Our purpose in life is one thing. It is to bring people back to Christ. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. That's it. You know, recently, my wife and I watched the uh, this documentary on about the chosen, the um, Gen Z individuals were asked to come and watch the show. They had no idea what the show was. And the show was the chosen. And so you've got these individuals and they're sitting down watching this show for the very first time. And it was a fascinating picture because in the beginning, all of them, to some degree or another, were very hard, very cold, very protective. But what ends up happening is you begin to see not an awareness, oh, there's something else. And I thought it was fascinating. When they start watching the show, they're not seeing something else. What they're seeing is something that they have already known. They've always known. The Christ, the God in their life. They've always known that person, but the world took them away from it. And I know it's a different perspective to take, but it's something to consider. If we were taken away from that space, that means that God still exists inside of us. That longing unconsciously is still there. And we have this opportunity to go back to that space, to give up the things that this world tells us matter most, to put them in a sense of priority, that God comes first. And I'm not just talking first. You know, <laughs> people will say, God's first in my life, my family's second. You know, these things that I have, my job, yada, 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 they're third, fourth, fifth, or sixth. What I'm talking about is the distance between the moon and earth is how much God should come first compared to the distance between the, our fingernail and the skin beneath it. That's how much these other things should matter to us, you know, because after everything is said and done, that relationship is the one that matters. That's reason, the reason why it is that this is the purpose of our life is to be able to say, you know, I've spent my life doing what I could once I was able to come back to that reality and to have a relationship with God. It's not always perfect. Every one of us is sinners. We will all regress or move from that place at some time. But one way or another, if we keep fighting for that relationship with God, keep fighting for that love, that connection, that I've spent my life focused on doing that and then spent my life trying to help others to see that relationship as well, to reawaken it in them. The way that these Gen Zers had that reawakened in most of them, they, they saw something that was oh so familiar. Not something new, something old, you know? And it challenged every single one of them to look at their life and to consider what is the purpose of my life? And so I think when we consider it this way, I encourage you, to think about what the purpose of life really is. Is it the car you're driving to work? Is it the family you have at home? Is it making lots and lots and lots of money? You know, all of these things, they have their place, but they're just existing unless we have God in our life. Be well. <laughs>